Hey there, y'all. Hey there, guys. I'm Stuffy Stuff, and this is Bobby, and we're reporting from Dallas, Texas today. That's right. We are it's between two teeth. It's 105 degrees, but it's a nice 62 inside. That's right. That's right. It is. It looks like you just came off the uh, hockey rink, of course. Yes, Do you know what? Do you know what we're talking about? I, I know what we're talking about, but I'd like to take a minute and... And I just, before we get into what we're talking about here. Because we're talking about a serious thing. We're talking about a serious thing, ergo the strategic pause. Uh, And so I just want to set the scene, set the mood here. Uh, We're talking about the regulatory environment. You were supposed to say, say, give me an R, and I was going to like come through. Yeah, but you know, the moment just passed. No, so they've turned it off now, but it's going to be, we're going to have a really important, interesting discussion. You got your hockey drip going on there. I'm also signing with a uh, Division I team called the Thunder Buddies. Yeah, that's right. You think they'd sign you on? I bet they would. You know, they they did. Oh, they did. Yeah, I'm sponsored after. Let's get right into it. We're talking about mental health issues. We're talking about protecting health and saving lives basically caring for our caregivers you're a you're a new doc i'm not a new doc i'm in the regulatory arena and part of the push has been people like me regulators we uh, the data shows we get in the way of people getting help they need for mental health and including substance abuse issues i asked this question last night when we were uh, around a lot of dentists actually and The question was, uh, when you were going to dental school, was it reasonable to kind of ask, how are you doing really? Mm. We like that question because everyone says, how are you doing? I'm great. Well, no, that's the question. Like when you you... went to dental school, was that a thing? Uh, No, not at all. I, when I went to dental school, even though it wasn't like really outspoken, it was starting to become like a, Hey, you know, are you okay? Are you doing all right? And it was becoming less stigmatized to talk about uh, well-being and mental health awareness. So, so times have changed. I think COVID, what COVID did was take a tricky situation and just blow things up. And so there's a big push for, especially first responders who really had to deal with things during the certainly the initial phases of the COVID pandemic and destigmatizing people asking questions like you're talking about, but also just seeking care. There's this great organization called the Dr. Lorna Breen uh, Heroes Foundation, and she was an ER physician that was at the forefront of things during the pandemic in New York. She was an ER physician. She had no prior history of issues with with mental health issues. She contracted COVID. She was overburdened, overwork, just basically became paralyzed. And she was afraid to get help because of regulators. She was afraid of losing her medical license. She was afraid of credentialing committees kind of poking into history. And Of course she was. She had no known history of challenges, and she ended up she died by suicide. And her relatives looked at this situation and said, we've got to do something. We don't want her to her death um, to have no positive outcome. So they started this foundation. And it's actually been very helpful. Once again, I'm the chair of licensing on the Texas State Board of Dental Examiners. We just went through a fairly lengthy process. And it was to change how we ask 
questions. We used to have questions. We used to have have you ever questions. Have you ever had a significant issue with mental health issues? Have you ever had a issue with alcohol? Have you ever had a question or an issue with drugs? And all the data supports when you ask that question, you call these, what do you call these questions? I, I call them chump questions, and I've got, I have other questions based on what you're saying. Right. I, I know you're in the middle of a spiel, but. but, but <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I do. But, I just, but I, by, it's by, an interaction by and a asking, dialogue. By asking those questions, people don't answer them, and it prevents people from getting the help they need. I would agree, and this is a very, this is a debatable topic. There's a, there's a ton of, so I am a wellness ambassador for the American Dental Association, and one thing we talk about is access points. The state board with licensing is absolutely an access point, but there are other access points as well. And I know you're you're speaking on the access point from the state board side of things, trying to destigmatize getting help and not mean, you know, that not have that translate to mean you're going to lose your license. And, and I think for my state board regulator friends and colleagues out there, you know, we're so reactive in nature. We often end up dealing with things once they've happened. And what I like about this issue and the American Dental Association, you and I are going to be participating in a wellness summit where they're getting together people from the American Medical Association, um, people throughout the state board environment, people like yourself who is a wellness ambassador. Um, we've got the Federation of State Medical Boards. We've got the, the dental board organization. And just people coming together and say, how do we help solve this problem in dentistry? What do you want dental students, new dentists, and experienced dentists to know about the regulatory environment and how it's changing? Hmm. I think our medical colleagues are much further ahead on this, and I'm hoping we started something here in Texas and a couple other states to make some change happen. We want to get out of the way of people seeking the help that they need to get. And I guess to back it up even further, just to say, hey, let's destigmatize people talking about it. If you need help, mm -hmm. you really need to get it. From a regulatory standpoint, it becomes a patient safety issue because if you're not a safe practitioner, a physician, a nurse, a dentist, then that's not gonna be safe for patients. So we all have something to win here. Yes, and on the note of getting help, it's I think it's a normal thing to have levels of certain levels of anxiety, depression, having any kind of negativity sometimes comes along with growing up and, and becoming yeah. who you are or who you meant to be. And, and you and I have talked a lot about that on, on recent episodes too. Right. And, and so all of that is, is good. It's just one of the analogies I, you know, I use when I'm talking to people is it's okay to take a dive and, and get to the, the depths of despair, but make sure you come up for air or make sure you're around people that bring you up to the surface. And I know it's not good to stay there. Totally agree. Uh, anxiety is a normal part of life. That was one of the episodes mm -hmm. we did before about screening tools and whether if you screen too heavily or the wrong people are screening, that can be a bit of a challenge. Um, sadness, being unhappy, that's that's a normal part of life, and, but, but and, it can spin out of control. And not to, and not to mention the issues that, the separate issues, uh, mental health issues that men and women have. And I think this is something that is very distinct to a, you know, uh, a male versus a female. 
is that they just they have different issues based on their emotional capacities. Right. And, and I know the American Dental Association, for instance, just had a webinar pretty recently about postpartum depression and things that can be um, problematic and challenging and just the nuances involved in that. As a new dentist, I'm excited to hear that the state board is making strides to try to destigmatize health and well-being or uh, health and well-being, <laughs> getting help for any kind of mental health issues. Yeah, part of it is having that discussion. I know with what we try to do with Between Two Teeth, we're trying to figure things out just like everybody else is. You know, I don't have the answers you know, I don't have the questions, let alone the answers most of the time. I didn't realize that burnout was a thing. I was raised in mm. a family where that doesn't exist. Like you You're don't get toughen up. Yeah. So I was raised in a family where you don't get burnt out. You just deal with it. Deal with it. And that's that's scary to just deal with it because everyone's going to deal with it differently. You're rolling the social dice, uh, so to speak. And I think a nice thing is you mentioned that a state board tends to be reactionary in nature, but trying to be proactive. Where can you go to get really good proactive help? And it starts with you and it starts with the people you choose to be around. Sometimes uh, your family, your spouse isn't always a great place to start with yeah. that. It doesn't mean that you can't find those good positive vibes with your with your significant others but just recognize recognize who you need to to kind of be with you on that mental health journey because not every every family is ready for that i would agree and you get online there's all kinds of mm. resources that you can get out there and yeah and it's not it and it's crazy that someone has to kind of go through uh, suicide, uh, for instance, for everyone to notice. That's to me. That's the real disparity. That's the tough part. We, you know, we shouldn't have to reach a therapeutic endpoint. You know, it's kind of like if you have diabetes, you don't have to have end stage renal disease. We can, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we can get there well, before. Well, and, and so Steph, that's actually a really good point because mental health issues is a continuum, and that's part of the. Yeah problem when when regulators like me when you ask a question there there's this big gray area and a couple of years ago it was actually 2018 through the federation of state medical boards and some other groups in the ama kind of got together to try to figure out what is a what's an appropriate thing on licensure things either don't ask a question at all or ask a question and the question verbiage, and this is what we ended up doing in Texas, are you currently suffering from any condition for which you are not being appropriately treated that impairs your judgment or would otherwise adversely affect your ability to practice dentistry in a competent, ethical, and professional manner? Basically, it, it, it just says, hey, if you are not safe right now to treat patients, you shouldn't be treating patients, and we need you to get the care that you need to get. And you got to put the oxygen on yourself first, and that's your professional responsibility. I, I, I hear you. And, you know, from, from my perspective, I try to tell dental students, especially as a wellness ambassador, I try to tell them that it's not normal to drink every night. Yeah. And it's not normal not to at least go for a walk or see the sunshine. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you go through dental or medical school or farm school, PA, whatever it is, nursing... Uh, what happens is you normalize some pretty maladaptive behaviors. That's a really good point. And that's actually what I brought up in our, in our licensing meetings was we have great data. Mm 
specific to dental students, that they're actually drinking more than college students. If you had a very um, a very honest exit interview from each professional student as they graduated, and you had some way to to have like a non punitive method right. to to show okay how many people how many drinks did you have when you started dental school a yeah. week versus how when you ended or you know what was the and this was what was actually, the drug and alcohol intake this, this was actually a great it was a self report survey but it was through the American Student Dental Association and it really had a fair number of respondents but but it's a challenge and I'm glad you brought that up because it, you got to look at it and say you know take care of yourself what's helping you what's hurting you it, and I agree with you on that. And oh, part of the reason it's a chump question when I was getting back to that on the state board is I remember what it's like still filling out my dental license. And it's a chump question because you just went through the most insane four years of your life. You just, you survived. Yeah. Now, true, there are people that thrive in that environment. But I loved it. There's, there's loved a it. lot of people there that yeah. they're the first in family. Yeah. I didn't come from like a crazy, you know, uh, connected yeah. family of, you know, physicians or dentists, I, yeah. you know, a lot of financial pressure, lots of there's just financial pressure. pressure. There are pressure. questions that you have to answer about what are you going to do for work when you get out? It's the first time that you're going to be out in the world yeah. without a plan. A lot of pressures. And from my perspective, when you sit down to do that initial licensure application, or for people in hospitals, the credentialing applications through the hospital, or your renewal, you're asked questions, and that that's on your mind. That prevents you from doing certain right. things. Yeah, it's definitely on your mind. And you know, another another point on this, as we're just kind of thinking out loud, is coping mechanisms are have a social function to them too. And so, what when, do you mean? So if you're there's this whole I was reading some philosophical. We're kind of getting big into philosophy. Uh, article we? on the use of alcohol in different uh, civilizations in history and oh. the good and the bad. And there have been examples in history where social drinking was considered a good thing. Now, there wasn't like mixers in it. It was it was like pure, <laughs> it was pure grain alcohol, but it's a very small dose. It was right. only in a social situation. People uh, didn't go home and isolate right. themselves and drink. And I've, you know, I've been to those dental school parties, those boat parties. It is hard not to feel included yeah. and not pick up a drink. It is super tough, especially when your parents cope that way too. So I think for you and I both on our own journey of well-being, we've looked at it and said, or at least I have, I can speak for myself, you know, there's really no non-toxic dosage of alcohol. Um, it's not that we don't drink alcohol, but yeah, I think not, we've both been really I, mindful of Yeah, I'm not hating on alcohol. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's great in a social environment for We both some play things. in beer league hockey teams. Yeah, it, it's You literally it's just came from a hockey and, game. And and my point for new dentists when they get out is you're uh, try to make a graduation the first step mm. in a new behavioral new pattern. Yeah. Because life gets harder than dental school. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. Surprise, new dentist. No, you're not wrong about that. And I think looking at the the wellness levers of sleep 
and nutrition and exercise and substances like drugs and alcohol. All those things come into play. Life is not easy at times. That's why we want you to join our journey, quite frankly. And once again, we don't have the answers. We like to take adventures. We like to see things and kind of dissect and dive into information to figure out what's going to make sense. I want I want Newtonists to know that there are people like you on the state board who are trying to at least destigmatize because people the state board represents the public at the end of the day. We are here to protect the public. And I think there are people on the state board that uh, re- recognize that when you help the dentists you're helping the public. Yeah. In and and I guess that's my push for people in the regulatory environment. If we keep stigmatizing people getting the help they need, then we're kidding ourselves. People aren't answering the questions appropriately and we're preventing them from getting help. So, well, I love I love that advice. What else what else do you have to give uh, for new docs out I there? I want I want new docs to know that uh, you, you've got to figure out your own path in life, and it doesn't mm. have to be what everybody did in dental school. Ooh. If your path is doing a lot of CE right when you get out, great. If your path is just surviving, taking a beat, say you travel like crazy. Take a beat. You travel a lot. Yeah, that's okay and, and super cool. And by the way, you, you can do everything you want and travel yeah. It's uh, it, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today talking about reverse retirement and normalizing reversal yes. or reverse retirement, and the whole, it's a European approach to life, yeah. and it talks about taking trips in the middle in the middle of your you know your lucrative years. Yeah. And man, there is just the the pie gets bigger. You're gonna have plenty of money at the end of the day. Uh, you got to figure out. You not get. You can't take it with you. And we did an episode on being intentional on how you recharge. Mm-hmm. And they actually, it was a Harvard Business Review article, I think, that looked at the data when you do take a break and. You know, we've been known to take some breaks. We're getting ready to climb Machu Picchu, uh, Inca Trail. Hopefully I do well with that. But we're going to be gone for two weeks. We're going to come back, hopefully recharged. I'm, I've been impressed by how much our patients love it. They oh, connect right. with it. They connect with our Ukraine mission trip. They've connected yeah. with our Guatemala mission trips. It is in, like when I go to Texas Mission of Mercy, they love that. Yeah. And and there's something where we stop becoming kind of, you know, just strictly doctor patient and because of family. Mm-hmm. And we have family experiences that everyone shares in. We have patients that want to contribute. <laughs> yeah. And we have fun with it. We make, yeah. you, you actually design these really cool shirts. And we have staff are wearing the shirts. You know, I wear those shirts all the time from the Ukraine mission trip because I just love how they feel. But it yeah. lets people, and frankly, part of why we do that, part of why we do this is to push you guys. Get out mm-hmm. there. Get out there and do something. We're getting ready. We're actually doing Thailand through, what is it? It's the AHI, which is a travel program through Adabai, which is the one of the perks of being a member of the ADA. Of the American Dental Association. So if you want to join us in Thailand in like sometime in November, we're doing that too. Yes. We're not going to pay your way, but you can like figure out how to get there and you'll see us and we'll go, hey, how's it going? We're between two teeth. And, and you know, if, if you have anything that you, there, you could, you're always able to, you know, DM us and yeah. just try to figure out we wanna hear, what do you need. Yeah, we want to hear uh, what you want us to talk about. So yeah. once again, 
Thank you for joining us. This is a serious discussion. I appreciate what's happening. I am so looking forward to the American Dental Association Wellness Summit that is coming up in September. It's like September 8th or 9th. There's a lot of... Uh, we leave the next day to Peru. There's a lot of important people that are going to be at this. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm impressed by the guest list. There's a lot. The Federation of State Medical Boards will be mm-hmm. present. The American Medical Association representatives will be present. A plethora of people within the dental realm of things i think we're we're gonna show up in our satin jackets aren't we i think that's appropriate i'm still a little bit nervous because i'm gonna be on like a panel discussion i'll we, be the only one in satin you but. know one of the takeaways here is and bobby and, and i we love talking about well-being that's how we started this and the cool yeah. thing is is both of us have very unique journeys of well-being and we've had unique challenges and yeah. so that's the cool thing is finding someone that you can relate to. Yeah. And if you find that you can relate to either of us, we're here to help with open arms. And if we come across as though we have all the answers and have it all figured out. We do. <laughs> we don't at all. At all. But that's part of the fun. That's part of the journey of life. You just hurt yourself, hockey player. You know what? Oh, my God. That's my muscle is inv- involuting right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the universe giving you what you need. Anyways, guys, thanks again like for joining us. We love that you're with us here on this journey and live your journey. And if you like what we're talking about, please hit the subscribe. Bye.